You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 36. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki. Now, today I have on the podcast, Susan Choi, and I met Susan at an event that I went to, and we got talking and kind of connected on the fact that we were both lifters and that um, she had done CrossFit and some Olympic lifting, and we got to talking about her business and what she does. And Susan is a high-performance stress management coach, and so... I was, my ears perked up and stress is always something that, you know, moms and, and women and, um, you know, female entrepreneurs and all the people who listen to this podcast are definitely experiencing in their life. I think stress is kind of one of those universal things. And you'll hear me talk about with Susan about how it's not that we should necessarily get rid of stress, but we need to learn how to manage it. And we need to learn how we speak to ourselves during those stressful situations um, and how the thoughts that we have can generate more stress in our life. So she has some really, really important tips that um, I want you to listen for about, yeah, we can talk about how stress isn't helping us, how it's not serving us, but we wanted to take it one step further and really talk about, okay, so you're feeling stressed. Now what? Now how do we control that stress? How do we manage it? And Susan gave some really good tips about this. If you're interested in hearing more about um, stress, uh, I also suggest going back and listening to episode number 32 that I did with Nikki Olson. And she talks specifically about stress eating and how to manage that. And there's some there was some overlap between the suggestions that Nikki and Susan gave. So you know that this is good stuff, that this is like things that actually work if you have two different professionals from two different kind of walks of life recommending some of the same things. So if you're somebody who struggles with stress or you feel like you're stressed or you maybe don't, or like, I don't know if I'm stressed. Am I stressed? How do I know if I'm stressed? Then this episode is going to be for you. Susan um, does a really great job of breaking it down and even bringing in some of the mindset stuff that you know is my jam and that I kind of love. So let's roll the interview with Susan Choi. I'd like to welcome Susan Choi to the podcast. Hey, hey, Susan, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, heck yeah. We're going to talk about some really important stuff because stress is one of those things that's like not going away in our lives anytime soon. Mm. And so mm. I'm excited for what we're going to chat about with how you're going to help us to like manage that stress, right? It's not going away, but we got to manage it. So awesome. But before we dive into talking about your specialty, I kind of just want to hear a little bit about your background. How did you get into doing what you're doing? Oh goodness. All right. So I've always had an unstable relationship with stress. You know, I was one of those type A go-getter personalities, always had to take care of the family and just kind of grew up in that cultural, societal environment. I think we all kind of do. And, you know, that meant getting straight A's, being on every extracurricular activity, getting into college. And straight from college, I 
fell into a consultant role, you know, being in management consultant. And I was traveling all over the West Coast and even Canada, and that really wasn't helping with my already unstable relationship with stress. And fast forward a few years, eventually what that looked like was I was under eating, over training, I had the negative self-talk, you know, wasn't doing so well in certain relationships. And I was just trying to keep it all together until one day my body basically said no, you know, physically Mm -hmm. it started to manifest itself physically with chronic fatigue, insomnia, anxiety. And eventually I went in serendipitously. I had a naturopathic doctor's appointment set up. And in that appointment, she basically told me that I needed to take this cortisol salivary test to test my adrenals. And I got the results back. And essentially, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I realized that I had lost my identity because for those of you all that have ever experienced chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue, that's basically your body saying no (laughs) to your life right now because it has, you know, um, it's basically experienced years of stress and now it needs time to recover. Mm -hmm. And it was through that process that I realized that, oh, stress is not actually happening to me. Stress is happening by me. I was Mm -hmm. the major cause of that in every sense of the word. And so that's when I started to become really passionate about this work because like everybody else, I started out treating the physical symptoms of stress, like Mm -hmm. the effects of stress. So I was trying Mm -hmm. to treat my sleep. I was trying to eat right. I was trying to make sure that I wasn't physically pushing myself to too many edges. And while that was all fine and good, I think we still need to you know, focus on those areas. It wasn't until I realized that it all starts in the brain. Stress Mm -hmm. starts in the brain. Mm -hmm. And once I started to manage that, that's when I thought, oh my goodness, like this is the biggest aha moment of my life. And I started to go down that path of trying to help others manage their own stress so that they don't get to the point that I was at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how, like, what are some of the other like physical manifestations? How would someone know if they're kind of at this point where they're overtraining and they're overstressed? What are, what are some things that you noticed? Oh my goodness. The number one thing that I always tell people is monitor your sleep because Mm -hmm. there's three stages of sleep. So if you're the type of person that has an awesome sleep schedule right now, great. But here are the three things that you can really start to notice and maybe get a journal out and just pick the days of when, when you notice these things happening. And that is the first one is when you have a really hard time getting to sleep right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing. And then the other one is, do you wake up in the middle of the night, let's say two or three 30 in the morning. And you just feel like this, you just feel wide awake. You feel mm-hmm. this adrenaline rush and you have to try to get yourself back to sleep, whether that's reading a book, you know, turning on some TV, or maybe you take some herbal supplements to calm yourself down. And then the other one is when you just wake up at five, like before the alarm even hits and you're just wired, mm-hmm. you know, you're up. So I think sleep is number one. Uh, The other is check in with your emotions. And it's weird to say personality, but really check in with that. Like over the past few weeks or months, have you noticed that you're a little bit short with other people, maybe even yourself? Are you cranky? Are you typically that happy-go-lucky person, but you're finding that it's really hard to, to, you know, be that person? And I think that that's a really big indicator of something else at a very chronic low level that is happening that is affecting your emotions and your mood. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that I also want to mention 
And that's crazy how I can keep going on and on about this, but that's how stress is like, it can be, it can seep into every area of our life. But the other part is also nutrition. Mm-hmm. Are you suddenly needing the salty foods or the sugary foods, especially to like get your energy up? You know, and that has a lot to do with your electrolytes and all of those other things. But typically when you're stressed, your cortisol levels rise. And oftentimes what we want to do to calm ourselves down is carbohydrates Mm -hmm. or something sugary, right, to calm ourselves down. So I would really take some notes on do you notice some of these things having a spike in your life? And if so, you know, really digging deep into is there a mental, physical or emotional stress that has taken over your life in some way, in some capacity over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think something that a lot of people don't consider is that, and you just mentioned it there at the end, that it's not only like stress because your job is being stressful, but like there are physical stressors, like Mm -hmm. going to the gym, like that we put on ourselves and, and it's the accumulation of that stress, whether it is weightlifting plus adding on dealing with a stressful teenager, plus adding on, you know, stress at your job, plus adding on stress with your, your relationship. Like all of those things are stressors and they get compounded with everything else in life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's that physical, mental, and emotional stress. And oftentimes what I love to have people do just as a personal exercise is get out a piece of paper and draw three columns. And at the very top, write down physical, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. and write down what are those stressors? Because oftentimes Mm -hmm. we kind of just generalize our problems Mm -hmm. and we say, oh, I'm stressed out today, or this week was really stressful. Mm -hmm. But we don't really do the exercise of digging deep into, well, what area of my life is really causing me stress? Like what needs attention in my life? And like you said, you know, stress is also physical. So if you're overtraining yourself over a period of time, that's gonna catch up with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of my listeners do, you know, work out a lot at the gym and they do train hard. And so how do you find that balance between pushing yourself, achieving, you know, PRing with also mm-hmm. not overtraining? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love this because I used to CrossFit and Olympic weight lift. So PRing, that, that used to be my world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, I mean, if this is you, if you've ever said these words, watch out and really scale back. And that, this is what I would say. Every time I laced up my shoes and I would jump on that to that platform, I would say, gosh, I am so tired today. Mm. I, I remember saying that like every morning mm. to, to my friends who were also on the platform with me. I'm like, I'm so tired today. And I would, I would just think that I was just tired from the day before. Mm-hmm. But if you're catching yourself saying that like week after week, more than three times a week, <laughs> then that's a huge yeah. sign that you need to scale back and do some recovery and really take inventory of what are those stressors in your life. But, um, you know, what I want to say to answer your question is I refer to the overaccumulation of stress as bad oil. Like if you're thinking about a well-oiled machine, a, a car that runs really well, you would never feed it bad oil or let it run long without an oil change. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit like stress, right? If you're not making sure that you're managing stress and like really taking inventory of what's what stressors are coming into your body, think of your body as a, as a well-oiled machine. If you're not managing that at the at the mouth, at the spout, 
then it's just going to, you know, wreak in your body and it's going to wreak havoc, mm-hmm. right? But when you can start managing that stress and set up certain boundaries in your life, and we can talk about some of these tools and frameworks that I'm more than happy to share with you. But when we don't manage it at that at that beginning part of our life, of our body and our mind, then that's when you have to take time. Your body needs to take time to recover from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is like bringing up one of the things that when I was doing, when having a, had a coach, she was always talking about like the stress and like the stress in the gym. Yes. But any other stress that was happening in my life, because there is a stress recovery adaptation cycle, meaning your body, the way that you build muscle, the way that you get stronger is that you stress your body. Then you have a period of adaptation, um, because it comes from the recovery. Like you have to have Mm -hmm. that recovery. You get stronger, not in the gym, you get stronger recovering from the gym. And if you're not recovering, then you're not going to get stronger. And so we were always, um, playing around with like the amount of stress that my body could take and adequately recover from so that I could have that adaptation and get stronger. And, and I think that that plays so well into not only just the gym, but our life. If we keep beating ourselves down with the stress and we don't have that recovery period, we never adapt and get stronger. We just get beaten down. Kind of like you were saying with the oil, like it just, mm-hmm. it ends up wearing us out faster and, and we don't get stronger or get through it. So, um, I think that it's, it's such an important thing to be aware of that stress I think is not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. how much you have of it, the accumulation of it, how you're dealing with it, how you're recovering from it. That is much more important in the long run. Right. Spot on. And I just want to add to that too. And you're, I'm sure you're going to agree with this too, is inflammation. My goodness. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> we have an inflammatory response within our body when we are stressed out, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's physical, emotional, mental, and that's definitely not going to help with recovery or weight loss totally. or even the executive function of our brain. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how do we balance then, you know, my mind thinks about achievement and like hitting goals and like, you know, going <laughs> gung ho. How do we balance that? A, a, wanting to be productive and wanting to get things done and wanting to achieve with, with balancing that stress on our body. Oh my goodness. I love this question because that's the type of person I am too. I'm all about being productive, getting the results, but not really, you know, needing the stress or wanting it particularly Mm -hmm. for my body or my mind. So the thing about that is productivity does not naturally equal you being stressed. You don't have to be stressed to be productive because stress is a component and a byproduct of your mind Mm -hmm. minus the physical. Let's, we're not going to talk about the physical right now, but we're just talking about the mental emotional. So when we think about stress, most people don't really equate stress to emotion, but stress is an emotion. And when we think about emotions, emotions are derived from our thoughts about something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so what I would like to say to the type of person that, you know, wants to be productive, has a stellar life and has a lot of things going on and want to stay on track with that, but not be stressed is one of the things that I always love to share with people is this simple, simple model to help you get on the right train track of your brain. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're in a trance all the time right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether we know it or not, we're stuck in a trance. And so one of the things that I love to share with people is this simple tool called F versus S. And F okay. stands for fact. 
S stands for story. Mm. So for example, when something is happening in your life, let's say that you get a high priority email um, in your inbox and it's your boss or you know somebody requiring or re- requesting something from you in two hours. And you have all sorts of stuff going on. You have meetings and you have other things that are on your plate. Now, the fact of it is, is it is just an email mm-hmm. <laughs> with a request. Whether you you know comply to that request or send an email back saying, hey, I can't do this right now, that's totally up to you. But for now, it's just an email. Mm-hmm. And where most people go is that they sp- start spinning themselves into a story mm-hmm. of yeah. this, why is this my life? Why does this always happen to me? Oh my gosh, I can never stay on top of things. And when you go and spin yourself into that story, when you make yourself the main character of that kind of movie... That movie is not very fun, mm-hmm. right? That's a certain trance that you're in. And most often we are so unconscious that we're thinking those things. Mm-hmm. But when we switch that story to something else, right? To I'm the type of person that can handle this or, oh, I don't think that my boss actually realized that there's all these things going on. Let me check with this person mm-hmm. about priorities, right? Like we, we're just in a higher resonating space where we can act more strategically. We can think in terms of the long game. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of going into another model in terms of problem-oriented thinking and solution-oriented thinking that I have. But oftentimes we are so unconscious of the way that we're telling ourselves a certain story in our minds. And depending on that type of story, that is actually where our stress is going to come from. Totally. If you're thinking about something as a problem, you're only stuck in the problem. And that's going to cause an immense amount of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. But when we can shift our story and really start thinking strategically about what's actually happening in our life, then we can get rid of the unnecessary stress, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about eliminating all stress. It's just about, my goodness, like how much of our lives are we spinning ourselves into unnecessary stress and suffering? The stress that isn't serving you, that isn't helping you. (laughs) Right, right. It's just stress that's coming from our mind. It's not even stress Mm -hmm. that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Like we we create that stress for ourselves. We create the story around it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so good. Yeah, absolutely. And I see that in a lot of people, like it's, it's like overwhelm too. Like overwhelm is a choice. You can look at a list of things that you have to do and you can choose to feel overwhelmed or you can look at a list of things to do and choose not to feel overwhelmed. Um, I feel like stress is, is very similar to that. Um, so that's awesome. So, so do you feel like there is a different level of tolerance of stress or is it that some people are just better at the mind interpretation and not getting stressed about things? You you see what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, is there a difference between that? I love that question. And I would say that, yes, I think that different, everyone's different and unique, Mm -hmm. right? Some people can handle a certain level of physical stress more so than another person. Yeah. Right. And then it's same thing with mental. Right. If, if you have not been in working in a capacity where you're working on your your mind strength, I call it the mind strength. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you're not working on your mind and your brain and really mastering your thoughts about things, mm-hmm. then you're not at a place where something can happen. And, it, you know, it, you'll be stressed out if you if you haven't been training your brain muscles, so to speak. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that everybody is different and it really depends on what stage of um, your life you're at in terms of like personal development. You know, how long have you been, been working at really taking notice of what your thoughts are Mm. saying and doing and are you even choosing your thoughts Mm -hmm. that's another that's a whole other thing right yeah (laughs) yeah so good 
That's so good. Um, so, so what are some of the signs that we can look for specifically when it comes to, um, knowing, cause I think a lot of times people don't really, they're disconnected from their thoughts, right? So they don't recognize that like I'm creating this stress by my thoughts. Yeah. What are some tips that you can give that can help people to maybe stop and reflect on those thoughts or just to even simply become more aware of the inner dialogue that we have going on all the time in our brain? Yes. Okay. So I have two, um, and I'm just writing some notes down so I don't forget. So the first one is your emotions. Mm -hmm. Always tap into how am I feeling right now? Because again, your emotions are coming from a very specific thought. And most of the, most of us all the time, we just generalize our thinking. But if you really dig deep, how you feel in this moment is created by a very specific thought that you're having. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to some people is make sure that you're tapping into your body. Like, how are you feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Because if you're feeling a general sense of anxiety, if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling lost, most likely you are telling yourself a a very specific story Mm -hmm. with very specific thoughts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would do this. I would reverse engineer and, you know, think about how you're feeling and that will automatically tell you whether or not you're in a problem oriented, you know, mindset or a solution oriented mindset. Mm. And then the other thing, which I think you beautifully articulated was how can you catch that moment, right? How can you catch your thoughts? Mm -hmm. And essentially when, when, when something happens and before you even have a thought about it, there is like this magical moment that's just yours. Mm -hmm. And most people like that moment is so fast. You, you can't even blink and notice it, right? Like it's just not in our conscious capacity to even be aware of that, that moment. Mm -hmm. But typically when something happens, there is a moment in time that is just yours. And you can decide to choose what path you want to go down. Which alley? Is it the dark alley or is it the beautiful, bright, lit street? And so, you know, when you think about, and I call this personalization, right? Like we all personalize everything, mm-hmm. yeah. no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. just, it's we're all just about born me. and bred that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have judgments right and left, good ones, bad ones, neutral ones. Like it's just part of our life. It's part of our, the way that our brains think, right? And we needed that. It served us in the past, right? When we needed to venture out into the cave, we had to make sure what is the weather like, you know, are there any tigers around? All of those things. But, you know, our brain hasn't caught up to where we are um, culturally, societally, you know, technology-wise. So because of that, when we think of personalization, there's like that magical moment, like I mentioned before, right before your thought. Mm. There's something that happens and then you have a thought about it, but right before your thought, you can catch yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Yeah. So can you give us, um, some actual like productive tips about, okay, I'm feeling stressed. I'm recognizing that my sleep's not good. I'm, I'm getting up and I'm like feeling tired and I keep saying I'm tired all day long. I know I'm feeling stressed. How do I move past that. How do I de-stress? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple. The first one is, and this is unconventional. So some of y'all might be freaking out about this when I say this, but (laughs) the first one is do not vent. Mm. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because oftentimes we think that it makes us feel better, you know, to vent to someone, you know, pick up the phone, call your mom, call your girlfriend and just vent. But what you're actually doing is you're just spinning yourself further into the story. 
Because what do yeah. we do when we vent? We're not telling the, the facts about our life. We're just being like, well, this guy was, you know, such a jerk to me at work. And I can't believe she did that. Like, we're just making ourselves feel worse. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say to that is do not vent. And instead, get a piece of paper out. Don't journal. Like, the, don't say the exact same things that you would say to somebody else. I want you to just write sentences mm-hmm. of your thoughts. Mm-hmm you know, being the observer of what's happening. So writing as if you're observing all the thoughts in your mind. And then when you see it on paper, you realize, oh my goodness, I am just thinking about the problem here. I'm not Mm -hmm. even trying to get out of it right Mm -hmm. now. So the first step is I would just say, do not vent and write all your thoughts on a piece of paper. So that's step one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one is I would say, do not over anything. And what do I mean by over? What I mean by that is don't overeat, don't over drink, don't mm. overwork out, you know, don't over Netflix. Like we over ourselves like all the time in our lives because all of these distractions that give us an instant dopamine or serotonin boost is now a luxury in our life. Like it's so easy to just you know, turn on your phone Mm -hmm. with just your fingerprint now, right? Like we don't even have to like unlock it. It's just, you know, it's so easy to open our phone, open Instagram and just be distracted. But when we become distracted and we start overing in our life, what we're actually doing is we're removing ourselves from the the issue of our life. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we just create more problems because what ends up happening is our body gets used to that certain level of dopamine with the food or the drink or working out. And then what do we do? We need more of that. And so we're just creating more problems in our lives when we do that. And so what I would say is don't distract yourself. Don't over anything. And I want you to breathe into your body and notice where is this emotion? Where Mm -hmm. is it in your body? Like, what does it even look like? What does it feel like? Mm-hmm. What is it trying to tell you? Because emotions are just, they, they, they should be our friends. They're trying to tell us something. And so what I would say with that is for 90 seconds, because that's how long emotions have a momentum for. It's just 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. If you can be there without judging it or resisting it and just be there, like really breathe into it. And almost, you know, metaphorically, if you can imagine yourself, like looking into the eyes of this emotion and just being with it for 90 seconds, that immediately will have you feel a sense of release and peace about it. Like you suddenly drop in into a very different state, a different resonance of yourself, mm-hmm. and then you can switch back into solution-oriented thinking. It's very easy to go down there. But if, when we distract ourselves, we're just not in that space. Mm. Yeah. This reminds me a lot. If you haven't listened to episode number 32, where I talk with Nikki Olson about stress eating, she has a very similar, um, like process that she works people through that. It's, it's very similar to what you're saying, Susan, of mm-hmm. getting present and, and just kind of being okay, feeling those feelings. I think sometimes we're so terrified of just feeling emotion. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you say that it's really just like, like if you can get it 90 seconds and you can sit with that fear or that distress or that, you know, sadness or whatever it is for 90 seconds and not judge and not try to fix it and not like whatever, but just sit with it, that it, it may just start to go away. And like, (laughs) we don't have to necessarily like do anything, but just sit with that emotion. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing with that, and this is a huge part of what I help clients with, because, you know, nobody likes to feel that way, yeah. right? Until we realize the only reason why we don't even like that is because our, of our thoughts about it, 
right? Even that is a thought about our feelings. But really, feelings are just a frequency. It's like, it's just a vibration in our body, and it just wants attention. You know, we brought it into our body, and now what we need to do is we need to pay attention to it and say, hey, like, what are you trying to tell me? I'm here. I'm listening. And when we kind of ease into it in that way, suddenly it's not so scary anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think taking that fear away and the power of that fear away can be can be really transformative in our lives. Yeah. And and the other thing that I want to mention about the de-stressing of our life, I have one more, is yeah. I want you to check the to-do list. Mm. And what do I mean by that, right? I'm not saying don't ever have a to-do list. Like I have a grocery list, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But with things that you know you want to get done, so let's say, for example, there's laundry, you have an interview coming up, you want to prep for the interview, then you know that you have guests coming over. So that means you have to go to the grocery store. Like all of these things we put on the to-do list. And what I want to say to that is that in itself can be overwhelming if you're not managing your mind around it, right? But one tactical thing that you can actually do is I want you to take each of those items and actually just plug it into your calendar. Mm. So instead of like staring at a to-do list and then looking at your calendar, you're already creating a time in your life for that week for what you need to do. And then the rest of it is just about commitment and following through, right? Mm-hmm. You're like committing to yourself that you are going to do it at that time. There's no rescheduling the to-do list. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes I feel like a lot of people, what we end up doing is we write all of our to-do lists like on a beautiful blank piece of paper and it just, then we flip it over and we write more to-do lists, you know? Yeah. And we, we that in itself can be overwhelming. But when we actually commit to ourselves, and we, you know, drag that one item into our calendar and then drag number two into the calendar. It's like suddenly it's, we're being productive because we know we're going to commit to that and follow through on it. Yeah. As you were talking, it really, I, I really like how you're focusing on really solution-based thinking rather than problem-based thinking. And you've kind of alluded to that. Um, Albert Einstein said that you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness which created it. And I think that's what sometimes we mm-hmm. get into this cycle of we create this problem in our minds and we try to solve it from the same level of consciousness that created it. And we, and we spin ourselves in this circle and this cycle. And when we can move past that and we can move from this problem-based thinking, which I think is what you were kind of saying when, when you go and vent to somebody, you're just Mm -hmm. stuck in the problem. You're like, your body is experiencing the problem over and over and over again as you vent that problem to other people. And we're not going to solve anything from that problem situation. So we need to move to the next solution, a a different level of consciousness to actually be able to create something that is going to move us forward. And we don't just get caught in this cycle of repetitiveness. Right. hundred percent. And I love Albert Einstein. I mean, (laughs) who doesn't? I love everything that he says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, And I think that relates to a lot of parts in our life. Um, To the other thing that I was thinking, um, because I... I think it's interesting. I mean, I would have never thought about not venting as a way to de-stress. Um, cause I think a lot of times, yeah, we think it's therapeutic to like share with somebody. It's like, you know, you go to therapy and you repeat the things that have happened to you. But I was thinking as you were saying that, um, that again, the brain doesn't know the difference between the things you're thinking about and Mm. actual reality that's happening to you, which is why we state affirmations in the present tense because our, our like brain already thinks that that has happened. And so Mm -hmm. when you're sitting there repeating what happened to you at work and what was awful and what someone said about you, like your brain doesn't distinguish. It's like, it's almost like it's happening again to you. Right. So you're like adding more stress to yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just not helping. And what I would say to that too is, 
you hear about state changes, mm-hmm. right? Like dancing or going going in yeah. for a cold shower or whatever it is that can change your state. And the reason why that, that works so well is because we snap out of the trans that we're in. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I, I, I kind of alluded to this before as well, but we're always in the trans and we get to decide, do we want to stay in this one? Like in this in this beautiful rom-com movie, or do we want to go to the drama? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we get to choose that. And oftentimes it takes a little bit more effort depending on how far along into the movie we are, but it's absolutely possible to step out and step into a new movie. Ah, new movie. That's going to be yeah. my, <laughs> my quote. <laughs> I need a new movie. Let's, let's move this, al- move this along. <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, I could chat with you about stress for a very long time. I'm sure you have a ton more of resources that people can, I know you have videos and things that people can um, watch and look at and read. So if someone wants to kind of dive even deeper into this, where can they find you? Yeah. Well, I think the easiest way to find me and really dig deep into some of the models I mentioned is stressproofpodcast.com. That's where you can find me and all about, you know, the podcast that I've done. And, um, if you have any questions, you guys are more than welcome to email me as well. Awesome. One thing, one last question came up as you were, as you were saying this, do you ever have people resistant to, um, wanting to identify themselves as stressed? You know what? I, I got a similar question about this before, mm-hmm. but I would say no. I, I would say that the type of people that find me yeah. are the type of people where it's almost too late. Mm. Like they, they're so scared that their stress is going to um, impede in their work life or their relationship mm. that they almost know that they need to do something, okay. which is, you know, I mean, goodness, when whenever I hear somebody say, oh, I know that in two to three years, my health is going to be impacted by this. Oh, that, that's when I'm like, and they think that they have two to three years. And I'm like, no, yeah. you need to do something about this right now because your body is trying to tell you something right now. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susan. Thanks for coming on the podcast and chatting with me today. Thank you so much, Amber, for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. And again, thank you so much. Awesome. I hope that that interview was very helpful for you. Um, Stress isn't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere in our life, in our society, uh, in our reality. So learning how to manage it and especially what she talked about with learning how to start to identify those thoughts. I loved what she said about sitting with that emotion. I think that's something that was one of my takeaways that I can really do better with is just having that emotion come up and then just sitting with it and not being scared necessarily of a feeling. We're often so scared of just feeling those emotions. And like she said, if you just sit with that emotion for 90 seconds, you may find that it just kind of dissipates and and moves on and doesn't have such a control over you in your life. So that was really awesome. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. 
Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio. 